Hello, and welcome to the Bigger Braver Life Show. I'm your host, Angela Marie Williams. As an entrepreneur and success coach, my mission is to empower you to realize your dreams and potential through transformational experiences. The purpose of this show is to inspire your positive change by learning from a community of those paving the way to a bigger, braver life. Welcome to the Bigger Braver Life Show. I'm your host, Angela Williams, your Bigger Braver Life Coach. Welcome to the show. We have an amazing guest with us today, TJ Way, who is your hashtag very Asian, non-binary, gluten, and dairy-free money habits coach. Z is on track to retire by 40 and wants to help other small business owners get on track to retire. Welcome, TJ. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So why don't you go ahead and tell us your story and what you do, what your work in this world is? Yeah, for sure. So I would describe my early life as your typical Asian like parent-approved life where you do well in school, you focus on that, and then you go to college and then you get a good job and it's stable and it makes money. And you're here in corporate America, like all the Asians I run into, like I'll walk into like a Korean restaurant and they'll ask me if I'm a knowledge worker is how they put it, of somebody who doesn't have to do manual labor and it's Mm -hmm. stable. That's like their version of the American dream. So I did all of that because I agreed that financial stability was a big deal to me. I associate money with independence. Coming from a collectivist culture while growing up in an individualistic culture, I needed that space to myself to be like separate from my family, to have some healthy boundaries. So I went along with that. And I basically spent over a decade pretending that I belonged in corporate America, that that was a good fit for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, some of it's like constructed in my head that I got indoctrinated into like business should be more white. There's no room for being Asian. I didn't talk about like being bi or non-binary at work or any of that. And there were definitely several times I burned out. And eventually I was able to start my own business on the side, especially during the pandemic. That helped a lot actually. (laughs) And met a community of other business owners that were supportive and that made me feel like I wasn't alone because I had actually started business back in 2018. And back then I was alone and I tried to go to mixers and things like that for other business owners, but it wasn't the same as what we can do now. I feel like the internet has really blown up in terms of the supportive culture we have around entrepreneurs. And that's really what's allowed me to move away from my corporate nine to five, I still consult in corporate as an organizational change manager. That's where most of my revenue comes from for full transparency. And that freedom of setting my own hours and being online and seeing what else is possible has allowed me to move into this space where not only am I coaching people with their cash flow management in their businesses, I'm also starting my own podcast, The Asian Detox. I'm so excited because this is really the way I describe it is my love letter to my Asian American identity. Mm -hmm. I had this concept in the business world where like there wasn't room to be Asian in business. Mm -hmm. And that made me disconnect from my Asian-ness and from other Asians in the community. And it's basically how I spent my 20s. And I've heard this story from some other friends of mine where now that we're in our 30s and we've had our like freedom away from our family and our culture, we're like, 
okay, but we don't want to go so far away that we never learn how to cook the foods we grew up with or speak the language or understand the customs. Like we don't want to lose that, especially for me. I'm fortunate my parents are still around. I still get to ask them questions. Right. So it's really been about gaining that independence and then really finding your own way in business and work and life. So that's an exciting thing. That's one of my high values is that freedom to make your own decisions and to earn what you want and not have that limitation. So totally, totally hear you on that. Tell us how you're living your bigger, braver life now. So there's a lot to this. Some of it I like consider just being me and it doesn't feel like I'm being brave, but then I'll get feedback that they're like, oh, you're so brave for X, Y, Z. One of them actually is the pronouns. If I'm in Zoom, they let you put them in there or I'll put them in my email signatures. Mm -hmm. And I do still consult with corporate and I had somebody during a one-on-one go, hey, I wanted to ask about pronouns because you're the only one I see doing that, putting it in your signature, the way their infrastructure is, the Microsoft team still doesn't have a, a solution for okay. pronouns to show up during meetings. Okay. And that's what they use. And mm-hmm. like, I'm having this conversation a lot of how even when we do put pronouns up, it's usually the heteronormative ones. Mm-hmm. You very rarely see the they, thems or anything else that's non-traditional. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things for me of I don't have a personal issue with transparency. Privacy mm-hmm. is a concept that like is meant to keep you safe. And it's also a very Asian thing of like, you're not supposed to air your dirty laundry outside the family, all of these things. And that was part of my struggle with the Asian American identity of like, but that's not me as a person. That was my culture. <laughs> so yeah. I'm doing everything I can for all of my identities. It doesn't get talked about much to be as visible as possible. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I I'd agree. And I would strongly encourage you to check out all of TJ's socials, which we'll put in the show notes after this. And I mean, such amazing stories and lessons. I loved everything that you post. It's so helpful on many levels, like life and work and everything. So talk to us a little bit more about your journey to success. How do you define success? I asked everyone that because I feel like it's different person to person. So How do you define success for you? Well, I wouldn't be a money coach without mentioning the money aspect. So the the financial independence is a big part of it because to me, that's the security. It's the foundation I need in order to be able to do the rest of what I do, right? The reason that I can be more obviously like ethnic or talk about my pronouns or the other day I was actually at an IT networking event in this room full of guys and I'm talking to the like one of three other females in the room and I was listening to myself say the word period out loud in the middle of this room (laughs) and a year ago that would not have been something I would have said when I'm surrounded by guys right but the fact that I am removed from corporate culture from a traditional sense. I still consult with them, but it's like being a consultant is a different tone where you get a lot more freedoms. So like having been removed from that because I didn't need somebody else to support my income that I knew that I could find my own way or that I had enough invested that I could at least survive a certain period of time without income coming in the door. That is what allows me to choose what I call my abundant life is Mm -hmm. the version where I get to be everything I want to be without worrying about the repercussions to like my employment or my income and all of those things. 
Beautiful. Yeah. So that freedom, that abundant life, that's your version of success and you're living that now. Yes. That's awesome. Can you talk a little bit about how you came to the type of business that you have and where does that passion come from to help others and all of that? Yeah, for sure. So the money coaching business really comes from having done it for myself. And I wouldn't have been able to do it for myself if I didn't have my mother to model it for me. Mm -hmm. So my parents are immigrants and they came over when they were in their like late twenties, early Mm thirties. And my parents basically had to learn the American financial system, right? Right. From scratch. And there was no internet. (laughs) Every time I tell this story, I always have to point out there was no internet. When That's a great point because we take so much for granted just typing away and people had to go to the library, y'all, had to do a lot of other Yeah, stuff. they had to ask people, they right. had to do trial and error, they had right. to pick up the phone, all these things. And, you know, like English as a second language and right. all of these barriers that were there. And I'm so grateful that my mom pushed and she learned to like optimize on her side. We grew up extremely frugal. And that definitely helped me get where I am today because I wouldn't like have anything to invest if I wasn't also saving from the expenses side. And the fact that my mom showed me that women can be good at money, right? Like I didn't know otherwise until other people started telling me about how their money stories were that women were bad with money. I was like, no, it's totally normal because that's all I saw in my household, right? Mm -hmm. So I started with not, I wouldn't even say it was a neutral money mindset. I started with a positive money mindset. I knew how to look at my money. I knew how to balance a checkbook. I knew that like stocks weren't scary. My mom invested in stocks. We used coupons. We did all the things. And just having that exposure as a young child makes it so that when I go on the internet and I want to learn the latest thing, that at least I'm not like stuck with this intimidation and overwhelm that there's some familiarity there. Absolutely. That's a great point. When I was working in a college setting, I was really working with students who were more financially strapped. They might have identified as homeless. They might have a lot of financial challenges and barriers and doing some research, looking at the research in this a lot of the money stories and the financial education starts with the family. So it sounds like you got a really great gift in feeling confident and not overwhelmed and things like that. Cause you're right. That exposure is so important and even not feeling like you said, intimidated or overwhelmed, you felt familiar. Mm -hmm. And that is even a higher step up, right. Than just saying, Oh, what, what is this? Right. (laughs) And no exposure at all. Yeah. It's not even neutral. I I think it's actually really hard to come into money stories at the neutral state. You're usually either Mm -hmm. in the super negative state or you're in the positive state. The middle would be kind of unusual to be in. I would love to meet that person who somehow managed to be extremely money neutral. Same. Um, What this, this life story was, or like the level of optimism they have. So the fact that I have basically what I call like the knowledge aspect of generational wealth makes it so that I'm in a position to work with people who didn't get that benefit and Mm -hmm. find ways to break down concepts that are approachable for them, that make sense for them, or that are custom for their situation. And that's just one of my superpowers is that I'm good at translating. And I started translating my Chinese parents with English, but like translating is what I do, knowledge into a way that works for that particular person that I'm talking to. That's awesome. What a great gift. Cause I think that's a lot of the thing that people want too is having the information, but in a way that's digestible, having information is great, but sometimes it feels overwhelming and intimidating when presented a certain way, yes. but when you're able to break that down, that's what's the true service to people that they need and want. Right. So tell folks how they can work with you. 
So they can work with me through my money coaching. I'm actually offering a generational wealth building money mentorship. It's three months worth of time with me for people who are ready to focus on their next big money move. So things like I'm ready to invest in real estate or I want to understand stocks, like those types of moves where you you have brain space to commit. Okay. Uh, or if like you want to build up the foundations in your business. So like three main ways, topics that we can pick and I build out a strategy plan for them. And then it's basically access to me, my brain, I curate resources, I provide emotional support, yeah. all of these things. It's unlimited, but that's the primary offer right now. That's wonderful. I'm really curious if you feel so called to share, how are you structured and on track to retire by 40? So part of it is I have passive income. So I have a reel about this. So I thought I was going to marry my high school sweetheart and that didn't happen, but I had saved up for our wedding because I was in a situation where I was going to fund it myself. So I had all this cash when we broke up and one of my friends had just bought her own condo. She's a little older than I am. And I was like, oh, that's a thing I can do with this money. So I went and bought a condo at 25. Nice. And then five years later, again, I thought I was going to marry someone and started like building up a little bit of a nest egg to fund a wedding. And that also didn't work out. And now I live in this house. <laughs> the real estate is coming through. Yes. yes. Okay. So that's one of the easiest way to build up real estate is like as yeah. your primary residence and then you move and then you rent out your old place. So I rent the condo out and then I have a roommate that pays most of the mortgage for this place. Nice. So I'm basically in this place where I'm living rent-free is the way they like to call it in the financial independence retire early movement. Yeah. It's a really weird like misnomer in terms of what it means, but like that's your usually your biggest expense is the cost to live in the place you're either renting or the mortgage is your biggest fixed expense. And then if you can get that as low as possible, then most other things are easier in terms of trying to compress and use that variable expenses to increase your savings rate. And then once you have an emergency fund, then you go and invest it. And I'm in stocks and crypto, and I've got some retirement accounts that I just maxed out while I was in corporate. Nice. And I had the luxury of doing that. I am the only one depending on my income. So I get to compress my expenses as low as I'm willing to have my standard yeah. of living be. Right. So that is a big part of it too, right? Like it's a little harder when you have people who are dependent and you got to convince them. Right. <laughs> but if you focus and there's some formulas for it to figure out what's reasonable and to do the math of how long you could live off of your current investments. And that's not to say that I would stop working entirely because I'm not that type. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a busybody, but it like gives me this option, right? Of being able, we call it work optional to pick and choose what contracts I sign up for or what clients I take. And that's really what that means to me. So it's not like I'm going to stop at 40, but it's a great way to express where I am financially. That's amazing. I think a lot of people in the younger generations, that's the goal is to retire earlier than, you know, previous generations. So that's very attractive in that sense. And I love that work optional piece. I just was having a conversation about this just before we talked. And it's these previous generations. It's like you work these hard labor jobs until you can't. And it's really hard, right? And it's like, we're really trying to back away, move away from that. I love that term, the work optional. So you can pick and choose and you don't feel like you have to take something that you don't want to do because you don't really need the money. I think that's where we get caught up as entrepreneurs a lot too. 
Yeah. And actually one thing I want to point out for people, if they haven't done the math to understand how much they need to retire or whether they can actually afford to retire, I would suggest looking it up. You can look for the 4% rule or multiply your annual expenses by 20. I think it's 20. It might be 25. 25. Okay. By 25 to see how much you need in investments in order to sustain your current lifestyle. It's not a perfect way to do it. There's a lot of timing involved with the market. And what if you want to have a more extravagant life? Right, right. Or your kids are going to college during your retirement years, all of those things. But if you haven't looked at it, I would suggest at least looking at the math to see how close you are, because you might be closer than you think. Great point. And one of my values is knowledge. And so having that will give you the ability to get more clear on, okay, what strategies we have to take next, what support we need to have next, what's the next investment when you have that particular goal in mind and have the numbers around it. So important. Thank you, TJ. Any final thoughts or words for folks listening today? The one that comes to mind is I've talked a lot about abundance, but I want to talk through the concept of like, it's okay to have the scarcity tool belt of like all the ways to reduce your expenses and be in that place where you're optimizing your finances. But the goal is not just to do that. It's to then move into abundance to, especially as a business owner, that it's hard to run a business when you're constantly in scarcity because you get that desperation salesman kind of those tactics come into play. The bro marketing comes in. So I want to encourage people to find that balance between when it's appropriate to be in scarcity mindset and when it's time to slow down and recognize your wins and use that gratitude to put yourself into a place of abundance. Thank you so much. You've shared so many amazing points today. And again, for those who want to contact TJ, we'll put all the information in the show notes. And as always, if you want to support living your bigger, braver life through your mindset and success, you're always welcome to reach out to me. Thank you all. And we'll catch you in the next episode.